Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. It's after midnight. Doug Maurice in my basement in Ohio. Nathan Baird in Champaign, Illinois, where there will not be a game on Saturday. The Ohio State-Illinois game canceled. Of course, you know that as you listen to this. We're going to talk about what we know, why it happened, what's next for the Ohio State Buckeyes. We're going to try to keep it tight. And as we gather more information, if we hear things Saturday, if there's more news Saturday, we will come back and do another pod. So we're going to keep you guys updated. We appreciate you listening to Buckeye Talk. Nathan is in Champaign. Let's talk about what we know. On Friday afternoon, Ohio State said they're going to do more coronavirus testing, but the plan still at that point was for Ohio State to fly to Champaign on Saturday morning. We were all thinking about logistics. How can they do it? Well, they'll leave around 8 a.m. for the noon Eastern game, and it's only an hour flight. It's a charter. And then whatever it was, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night on Friday night, the fact that more positive cases were found in the round of testing Friday afternoon is what put this over the edge. And Nathan, just to be frank with people, like that part of it does not seem like great news to me, that there has been daily testing. And over the last couple days, at least, they have gathered more and more positive tests, including head coach Ryan Day, that pushed them to the point where they cannot play this game. Clearly, there's some sort of uncontained, maybe outbreak is the right word, maybe it's not, but this, I don't think we're talking about, hey, a person and a little bit contact, a contact tracing on him or one position group. It feels like something that this really is, this has hit the entire Ohio State program as far as we know. Yeah, I mean, I used the word outbreak in what I wrote, the breaking news story that I wrote tonight or I guess it's technically was last night as it's we've crossed into past midnight um, in, in true Buckeye talk fashion. Um, and I, there's no like threshold that I know of that designates whether we can use that term or not. But I think at this point it's, it's a fair one to use. And we've been, as we've explained on our text to our tech subscribers, we've been uh, cautious about exactly what we've reported as far as names and numbers and, and things like that. I will say that I had great suspicion that it could be headed this way in the afternoon when I was hearing names. Well, I guess I don't know know what I should say. I was hearing names of um, that we hadn't heard before, which made me think that it was growing and um, that it was going to be worse than they had suspected. And, um, you know, I know why Ohio State was trying to do whatever it could to play the game to some extent, I understand that, um, that they were trying to isolate it and then move forward. But um, I think all of this goes back to something that Ryan Day said a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, I brought up the question of isn't, you know, won't Thanksgiving break kind of make this easier on you? And this doesn't really have anything to do with Thanksgiving break as far as you know. But won't this like help you? Won't it give you like a little bit of a, a de facto bubble and kind of help? And he's like, hey, I mean, I'm not thinking that way because all it takes is one case to get in and the dominoes start to fall. And it sounds like that might be what happened here. I think this is a, not that people need a wake up call. Listen, we're, we're just doing this in the context of context of this is a global pandemic. The numbers are up across the country. The numbers are up in Ohio. I don't think that you can detach the fact that numbers are up in Ohio and Miles Garrett, the best player on the Cleveland Browns 
has a, tested positive for COVID and that Ohio State has now, because of tests in their own program, had to shut down. It's in our state. It's in our state. And so it's in our football teams. Like you can't, you can't separate those two things. And if it wasn't in our state, if it wasn't up everywhere in our state, there would be, I guess, less chance that it would be in our football team. So this is a small thing within the big picture. We understand that. We send out our best wishes to Ryan Day and anybody else on the Ohio State football team who has tested positive, get healthy. That's the number one thing. But we, of course, are talking about this as a football podcast. And the Ohio State program from the start has talked about this in the context of competitive balance and chasing a championship. So we are going to talk about it in that context. But I'm going to tell people, and we'll get to it later, don't get hung up on the Big Ten championship. We are going to get to that, what Ohio State would need to do to qualify for that. That's not the issue. The issue is not winning a Big Ten championship for Ohio State. The issue is trying to win a national title and being able to make a case to the playoff committee. Excuse me. So the issue right now to me is not whether they would qualify by playing enough games to play in the Big Ten championship. The issue to me is can they look like a playoff team? And we can get to the debate, and we're going to be talking about this more. We'll have plenty of time to talk about what the debate among Big Ten teams might be. But, Nathan, at the moment, the program is shut down. That is something that people have to understand. They didn't just cancel the game Saturday. They paused. They paused all team-related activities. We don't know if more players or more staffers are going to test positive. Again, they had at least two days in a row of positive tests, maybe more. We don't know what Saturday is going to bring. We don't know whether when they will unpause team activities. And the two previous teams in the Big Ten that had an outbreak, Wisconsin and Maryland, they didn't miss one week. They missed two. Minnesota has had an outbreak this week. This is their first game missing because of their outbreak. So maybe they'll miss next week as well. Michigan State is next week. And again, we'll talk about quali- qualifying and a minimum number of games and that kind of thing later. But at some point, these guys have to be on the field for a chance to show the committee what kind of team they are. And at some point, the players who are out, okay, I, I don't want to answer five different things. Let's talk about this. They're paused and the Michigan State game next week. We don't know, but given the past history, certainly is up in the air at the very least, right? People need to understand that. Oh, definitely. And I, as this was playing out, I wondered if they were trying to do what it appears Minnesota did, which was play last week already with a some number of cases. They were missing some guys last week. They hadn't reached the thresholds or whatever, but they were still able to play the game. And then this week they had the outbreak. And then it'll be interesting to see, again, I'm using the term outbreak. It's my term. It's not, it doesn't have any kind of number associated with it. Next week, we'll see if Minnesota is able to play. And if that will tell us anything about how, you know, teams are choosing to, to kind of manage this, but it, that's what it seemed like Ohio state was trying to do. Like if you can just get through Illinois and then, Hope it isn't worse next week for Michigan State, but we're, that's a contrast to what we were seeing some other teams do, right? When Wisconsin had its outbreak, when Maryland had its outbreak, the numbers were small. They sort of preemptively canceled before it reached the Big Ten thresholds, and then, yes, they did have to even then miss another game because it got worse the second week. And so the trend here is that whatever number Ohio State is dealing with today, we don't know this for sure, but the trend is they would have as many or more next week. And I would say that next week's game, I would not expect it to be played at this point if I'm just speculating. Yeah, we're just we're just guessing. I mean, you have to be on alert for that. That's how I wrote it. Just as a fan, be alert for the fact that the Michigan State game may not be played. And the other thing that people have to understand is every player who is testing positive right now is out for three weeks. So if this game is canceled, they wouldn't have been able to play in it. It's a 21-day minimum that a player is out at the moment. So they would be out for Michigan state next week and they will miss the Michigan game. Every player for Ohio state who is currently positive has a confirmed positive test for COVID-19 is out for the Michigan game. Now, the only way that would change is if the big 10 changes its rule on that, because the big 10 has been more cautious with having players be out for 21 days after a positive test, not all conferences abide by that not all sports abide by that some people think that is overly cautious but they have applied it to the team so far I I don't know we have seen things change with the Big Ten before 
I would not at all be surprised. And again, we're going to do, we want to give you guys the facts, but I mean, we're an opinion podcast. So we're trying to give you educated opinions on what the future may hold. Nathan, I would not be at all surprised if Ohio State or, or parents or some people try to push back against the 21 days. If, hey, if you just made it, you know, 18 days or whatever it would be, or 16 days, or then we could play against Michigan. You know what I mean? Like, why is it the 21 days? Is that overly cautious? But people need to understand that now as it stands. And again, we're not going to divulge names, but, you know, some players have it. They can't play against Michigan. Yeah, and I, you're right to think the Big Ten has changed some things. I think it's important to remember two things. Number one, the 21-day thing was not the Big Ten decided to play I'll make sure I say this the right way. The Big Ten decided for sure it was going to play and then sort of arbitrarily applied this standard. The Big Ten, based on medical advice and the concerns they had, especially about health or uh, cardiac issues at the time, at the time, that's why they came up with that 21-day standard because that's why the players have a different standard than coaches. Ryan Day does not have to be out for 21 days, assuming he um, doesn't that he tests negative and isn't symptomatic. He can come back after 10 days. So he'll miss the Michigan State game regardless. He could be back for the Michigan game. So, But for players, it was because of those health concerns. They made it a longer time. However, every step along the way, they have said science is going to dictate this. So I think that does open the door for them to revisit the science and decide that that is – too harsh, too strict, too harsh, too strict, yeah. and, too and strict it's hard of a standard. But you're trying also, to keep amateurs safe. You're trying to keep amateurs safe. So right. you want to be careful with the wording. I mean, my gosh, they're unpaid amateurs. I hope people understand the intentions are good with this. Like the intentions are to try to keep these guys safe. But you know what you're saying again. It, so you think maybe they could change their mind? I don't discount the possibility. Although I do think it is it is harder, as we saw. It is harder to make a decision based on keeping people safe and then back off of it because of pressure. And that's why that's why we started this season on October 24th instead of October 17th or October 10th or September 20, whatever that would have been at the end of the season. You know what I mean? Like, that's why it dragged on as long as it did, frankly, Um, partially for prudence, but partially because they were they weren't going to just change their mind um, on on the at the drop of a hat. So would it, would that, would that um, rule get changed in time at this point of the season? I don't know. Cause I don't think it's, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I, while, while they've done it, while they've made, while they have changed their mind on some other things, I'm, I'm always more skeptical that they will change their mind on reducing the medical standards that they've put in place. I do think it changes things when your best team has an issue. Like you could, on some level, yes, it applies to anybody. Why would it be any different for Ohio State as opposed to if this was happening at Rutgers, right? Well, the difference is Ohio State football matters. Ohio State is trying to win a national championship. Ohio State's desire to win a national championship was one of the forces that that pushed the Big Ten to reconsider and try to play this fall. And now these players are going to be out for the biggest rivalry in college football. So it's like, well, why would it matter? It's like, well, it's because it's different. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be changed or that it should be changed, but I just think we have to have we have to live in the world and that if Gene Smith and President Christina Johnson and Ryan Day and all the parents of these players. So the Michigan game, I, it's like I, I don't want to say fake, fake numbers. How it's it's how far away is it right now? It's like 15 days from now. It's right? yeah, December 12th, December 12th. So, the, so 14 days. So it's 14 days. But the, if the players tested positive today, on tested positive on Friday or on Thursday, Thursday, could they play in 15 or 16 days instead of 21? That 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 is kind of trying to get. But it's but also again, like you said, it's kind of arbitrary. I don't know that that 21 days is rooted in the CDC recommendations or anything like that. This is, I think, caution. So I'll be curious to see how that unfolds. I would imagine it will become an issue. I would imagine that that people will try to say, Hey, now you're like hurting the players instead of helping them with you. we understand what you said back then, but listen, they're it's been 14 or 15 days. They're asymptomatic. They tested negative, let them play. And the, and, and if you want to do the cardiac test or whatever, I mean like that's, but, but why 21 days, why 21 days? It's the Ohio state Michigan game. And, and it is important to also, I think, remember here that some bending of the not bending, 
some reconsideration of the cardiac uh, concerns were what allowed the season to be played in the first place. It was one of the reasons why they canceled it originally. And because the science was starting to back away from the, um, the fear of that, even though at the time it was still kind of on the books that there might be something there, but at the time they were already backing away from that, which is what I think the presidents and chancellors gave them some freedom to, to, to restart the season as it was. So if you were to further revisit that science, cause there are some studies out there saying that it may even be less of a concern than it was when they resumed the season, then I, it is possible. I think that they could revisit it, but I also, and I don't know, you can go optics both ways. I mean, yes, it hurts that when your best team isn't playing, are there, does it hurt if you look like you're bending the rules for your best team? I don't know. And I don't want we're not going to spend much time on this on this podcast. I know that the, um, the opinions run hot sometimes with how the big 10 handled this and how big 10 commissioner, Kevin Warren handled this. And that in other conferences right now, when they're missing a game, it's they're postponed a lot of times, not canceled because they have more flexibility built in because they started their seasons earlier than October 24th. I just am not, I'm not going to get caught up in that because I think if the big 10, if you had shown the big 10, the future and said, this is what it looks like. I don't know if they would have played. I don't know that they would have signed up for this version of how it's gone. And that, hey, this is what the, t- the numbers in the country are going to look like at this point of the season. So I'm, I'm not going to get bogged down in the, the conference was trying to be cautious with amateur athletes. Yes, their communication on that was not good enough. But the decision itself, yes, the Big Ten is up against it more. But I think it was a victory for the coaches and the administrators and the parents and the players who wanted to play this fall that they got th- to play this fall. There've been more than a hundred games affected by positive coronavirus tests at this point in major college football. It's at least 17 this week, over a hundred so far this year. And I think everybody was prepared for disruption. I feel like Nathan, this has been kind of on the disruptive side of disruption. I don't know what I thought for sure it was going to be, but we had a week where the SEC had four out of seven games postponed This is the second time for Ohio State, one for a different program, now for its own program. You know, I I think Ohio State thought they could get through without an outbreak in their own program because they believed in their protocols and their testing so much. I think today I would bet Ohio State's a little bit surprised. They're realistic and they live in the world. But I, I thought coming into it, that's what they thought. So... And I think in the end, I'm not sure. And again, I want to get off this topic, but I'm not sure that like, hey, look, we had a bunch of outbreaks that proves we should have played sooner. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that that is necessarily logical thinking. And I know people have different views on how this should be handled and how how serious coronavirus really is. I get that. I get that. But I think we have to move forward. But in the end, I guess the thing I want to ask you is. Do you think this has been more disrupted maybe than the Big Ten anticipated? Oh, of course it was. I mean, the Big Ten had sort of set them. I don't know if they were saying this. Maybe people were putting it on them. But certainly by by waiting as long as they did and putting in the protocols they did that were so strict, I think the Big Ten was setting itself up to say, we're the ones who are going to get through this the safest. We've waited the longest. We've been the most prudent so far. We've taken all these precautions. We are setting ourselves up in a way that other conferences or not they're doing it in a more haphazard way than we are or more hazardous way than we are and that lasted one week when wisconsin had an outbreak before the end of the first weekend so ever since then i think it's been out the window ever since then it's been way more disrupted than i think they ever would have imagined and i think you're right about ohio state being caught a little bit off guard i mean in their release today they said that and again they they haven't been they haven't been transparent about any of this so we have to take them at their word or you can choose to take them at their word but they said that they've been reporting you know, experiencing near zero positivity throughout this th- since august 11th so going you know back now what is that three months near near zero positivity and then wednesday night we get the first reports that there's some and then by today it's out of control no, i shouldn't it- say out of control we don't know that it's like out of control would be like half the roster. We don't know that it's anywhere, anything near that, but it's certainly significant enough that they had to cancel a game. I think the idea that they had, that they did another, they waited and did another round of testing Friday afternoon. And the way they were kind of couching, it was like, listen, the game's on. We're ready to fly Saturday morning. We're just going to do one more round of testing. 
antigen chest antigen testing that's the good testing right that's like the serious yeah. that's not the quickie that's the hardcore no test. no rand antigen testing is the quickie you're thinking oh, of the, the uh the the pcr test the polyam the so what did they do test. did they do the quickie or they did the hardcore one they did afternoon? the pcr one today okay so they did the pcr hardcore test this afternoon yeah. basically saying i think it felt like they were saying these are the people who are scheduled to go to illinois we already have the people who have tested positive they are away they are isolated we've now made our roster decisions based on that information so it felt like to me this is our traveling party and we're going to test the traveling party and make sure that we're good to go. But it sort of felt like they were assuming they were good to go. They were ready to like fly at eight o'clock in the morning and get there a couple hours before the game and play. And then there were enough, enough positive tests in that round of testing that they had to call it that they were, they were going to play as long as they were not at the big 10 threshold which is 5% of players, 7.5% of the entire group, coaches, staffers, whatever, when you take that, as long as they weren't there, they were going to play. Anybody who thought, oh, Maryland hadn't yet reached the threshold, but they canceled anyway, they should have played whatever. Ohio State was going to play if they could play. So this is, this is those numbers Friday afternoon, push them over the threshold of you can't. And and just it's like you're trying to read between the lines of the release a little bit. And we were talking to some people. You're trying to read sort of the way people are talking. You said you thought maybe that it was headed this way. I It did feel like to me that as much as it sounded like you're going to fly a Saturday morning and play as like those logistics, I think, sound crazy to normal people because it's like, well, we don't fly charter. What do you do? But like they were going to be able to that they were going to be able to pull off. But I think they were ready for that. I don't think they were like, oh, fingers crossed. I think they were like, we're ready. We're ready to fly Saturday morning. Here we go. And then the Friday test got them. So that, again, to the idea of, I think, I just think maybe this isn't what exactly they were expecting. Well, I think you plan for the, the best case scenario with, with your logistics as you're trying to play that game. I, I guess I'm just saying that having, knowing that there were already tests and then hearing today as I was driving somewhere in Eastern Indiana, uh, hearing some new names and that there were additional ones beyond. And this is when we found out that Ryan day was positive. Cause if you look at yesterday, Ohio state put out photos of Ryan day at practice. So as of yesterday, Ryan day didn't have it. So today let's just say, say days because people are listening to this on Saturday, instead of saying yesterday and today, just say the days because yeah, yeah. there's things happening. So people know so Thursday was the day they had practice. Ohio state tweeted out pictures of Ryan day at practice on Thursday, on Friday, they revealed he'd been, had tested or confirmed that he had tested positive because we had reported it. And I don't know if anybody else had reported it at that point. So as of Friday, I was hearing that there were more. And until this other test batch of tests came back, I was still, that's where I was saying, like, I still had this feeling that there's going to be more positives in that batch of tests that come out. And I think, it, you know, we've done, I think a pretty good job of not victim shaming, however you want to say, I think you can do, you can do all the right things as an individual and still potentially get this. I do think Ohio State may have some questions to answer as far as how they approach things this week. And we, I don't know when we'll get to talk to, to Gene Smith or certainly not Ryan Day. Um, but I mean, there, there are just, just Ryan Day presence at practice and his was not the only presence at practice on Thursday that I think will be looked at as potentially being problematic. I, I don't know. I don't know what else they could have done. I guess the one option would have been when you first saw the problem as other teams did, make this the week that you shut down, isolate everybody, shut that cease all operations until Monday. Maybe you have a better grasp on it, but maybe also it had already started spreading and it wouldn't have done you any good. We don't know, but I think there are some questions that I'm eager to ask them just as far as how they chose to approach some protocols this week. And I think there was, I mean, there were, you can find the tweets out there. I think there were some people on and around not the Ohio state program, but whatever people were, I think were like, Hey, Maryland, Ohio state shouldn't be punished because Maryland wasn't careful enough. Right. That kind of thing. When Ohio state lost a game because of Maryland. And we've said things. It's like, I don't trust coach Joe. I don't trust the way that the sec and the ACC, it feels like Clemson just was more well, I mean, open to the idea of like everybody in that program getting it. 
So I, I victim shame to some degree, but I do think you can see the attitudes reflected in the way that different programs talk about it and different conferences talk about it. But and Ohio State, I, I knew Ohio State has been. I think I believe that Ohio State has been taking this seriously. As I do mean, I. I don't. Ryan Day, I don't think has been BSing us every week when he talks about how every day he wakes up like terrified that this is going to be the day. And like I've been kind of spending this week or this last day thinking about maybe what's going through his head right now and not even worried about the illness necessarily. And we haven't heard any reports yet that anybody has actually like had illness problems. So I think that's a good thing. That's like the one positive thing right now, what's going through his head, what's going through the head of some of the players whose names I've heard associated with this. Um, like it, that, that is really kind of hitting home for me over these last like 24 hours. Like what, cause I can just imagine how the kind of the helplessness that you probably feel in a situation like this. And, and you know what? I mean, somebody might have made a mistake, right? But I think what Ohio State would have hoped is that even if somebody makes a mistake and they get it, well, we're separated, we're, we're, we're distanced when we can, we're doing this, we're testing every day, that even that wouldn't get you. But I, I think my take at the end is, like, if, if Ohio State can get it, anybody can get it. Because I do agree, it seems like they, they have the most to lose in the Big Ten. They're in the most cautious conference they have the most resources in the most cautious conference, and they have the most to lose in the most cautious conference. So I would maybe assume or even argue that Ohio State is the most COVID-cautious college football program in the country. I, I think you could certainly make a case for that. And they got it. So if they can get it, anybody can get it. And I think that's what this tells me. This does not and I think you, you're exactly right. You want to find out, well, should you have done this? Could you, what, could, what could you have done better? But I don't think they were blowing it off because they knew this is all on the line for them. They know what's at stake. They're back to win a national title. And they want to keep their players safe, but they're back to win a national title. And so they had every reason to be as cautious as possible, and, and it still wasn't enough. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back get into a few specifics about the schedule, the playoff considerations, the Big Ten championship game, the rules around that, right after this on Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice and Nathan Baird back on Buckeye Talk. Tech subscribers, we've been texting the last couple of days, a lot of texts. We're trying to give you information the moment we get it. 614-350-3315. It's not great circumstances, but we're trying to we're trying to provide instantaneous updates to people who really care about this football team and do it responsibly, but let you know the minute we know. So 14 day free trial. If you want to join that 614-350-3315. If they, as it stands, if they do not play the Michigan state game, that would be the third game that Ohio state would miss. The current big 10 rule is you have to play six conference games to be eligible six of the eight to be eligible for the Big Ten championship game. Wisconsin is already out. They are missing their third this weekend. If Ohio State cannot play against either Michigan State or Michigan the last two games of the regular season, that would be their third miss, and they would be out. But there is a caveat there. So we want to talk about the specifics of whether they will or won't be able to play in the Big Ten championship game. And then we'll talk about what it means if they can't. But Nathan, can you explain it a little bit further, the yep. rules the Big Ten set up? So basically, um, as, as Doug said, you have to play six in order to qualify for the Big Ten championship game. But just the Big Ten championship game is our understanding. You would still qualify for the championship weekend crossover game. You just wouldn't be eligible for the championship. So that's important in Ohio State's case because right now that could end up being a game against let's say wisconsin in the from the west which would still have some value for the for the committee but as far as just the actual numbers of of what's going on so the other rule is that number that minimum number drops if the average number of games played in the conference falls below six it's obviously it's eight to start the year every team plays eight games if it falls below an average of six games per team then the new rule is your minimum is two less than whatever that minimum number of games is. Um, in this case, the only number to even think about would be six because um, we're too far beyond that. And as we're gonna, about to tell you, it's probably not even going to get to that. But then then your minimum game would, would be four. So there have so far been. This is the sixth. This is the sixth. I was about to say five, but this is the sixth. 
This is two, the sixth we cancellation. We had two Wisconsin games earlier. We had Wisconsin-Nebraska and Wisconsin-Illinois earlier. Then mm-hmm. we had Maryland-Ohio State and Maryland-Michigan State. Right. And now this week you have Minnesota-Wisconsin was previously canceled for this weekend. That's the fifth. And now Ohio State-Illinois is the sixth. Correct. So that's six. If there's one more game canceled, that would obviously be seven. If you think about it, that's basically the there are seven games each week in the conference in a 14-team conference that only plays conference games. So a seventh game would be essentially one whole week wiped off. So then everybody's average would be seven. There would then need to be seven additional cancellations just to get down to everyone having played an average of six games, and you'd have to go one beyond that to go below six games. So that means that there would need to be, after this one, so starting tomorrow morning, this morning, Saturday morning, the the four games that are, I guess, still on the books for this weekend – Plus the seven and plus the 18 games that are 14 games that we played over the next two weekends. So eight of those 18 would have to be canceled over the next two plus weeks in order to go below that threshold that would then drop the minimum number of games. I hope that wasn't too confusing, but basically we're telling you it's not going to get there. If there's going to be, if there were eight more games canceled in the next two weeks, they're not playing the big Ten championship game, right? I mean, then you're talking about a, a, an outbreak that is so widespread throughout the conference that they've, they were probably not playing football anymore is my speculation. Right. And no, I, think I think that make, which is what we sort of talked about is like, it, it's just, it's okay to stick with the, you got to play six, go with that assumption, go with that assumption. And so if Ohio state, and we think that it's very possible that Ohio state doesn't play against Michigan state next week. So then they'd be out. But my whole thing is, and I wrote a whole thing that's at cleveland.com about what to worry about and what not to worry about. Sort of, I understand, obviously, Ohio State fans, there's a lot on your mind about all this stuff. But I feel like there's too much of a focus of, I follow too many national writers on Twitter. And I only care about one team, so I feel like I know about the team that I'm paid to know about. And then other people dip in and they know about 100 teams, but then they don't know as much about my team as I do and as Nathan does. So then people where there's a lot of tweets about, oh, if they can't play in the Big Ten Championship, that like not playing in the Big Ten Championship was a deal breaker for the playoff for them. And I just don't think that's the case at all because they made this championship weekend that everybody's going to play a game. Yes, I know in a normal year, like a conference crown is a tiebreaker. But the idea that like, hey, nobody beat Ohio State. They're undefeated. The only team that beat them was the virus. They're awesome. Justin Fields is awesome. Everything that's awesome about him, we know. They had bad virus luck with Maryland. They had their own outbreak. They played Wisconsin in the second place game and beat them, but they didn't get a tip. They didn't get to hold up a trophy. Like that, that's not how the committee's going to do it. So everybody who is obsessed and tweeting obsessively about, oh, if they can't play in the Big Ten Championship, if they can't play in the Big Ten, I, I just don't think that's it. The issue is making a resume for the playoff committee. The issue is having the opportunity to show who you are by playing games, by having enough of your good players available and playing those games. But that is separate from a conference title. And I know Northwestern beat Wisconsin, but it's Northwestern. I mean, I I know they're eighth. I get it. But if they go blow the doors off Wisconsin in the second place game, that's going to hold weight. That's going to matter. And the committee to me, is not going to want to sit in a room in the middle of a pandemic and say, man, Ohio State's awesome, but oh, well, they had a couple games canceled by the virus. Clearly, they're one of the four best teams, but oh, well, I I don't think that's how anybody wants this season to play out. So I am not at all obsessed with the Big Ten championship game threshold. What, What you should be thinking about is Ohio State, being able to show that it is Ohio state. I think that that is an important distinction. Nathan, do you, do you think that not, and and now we can get into specifically the Northwestern thing in a second, but in general, in general, just as a, if Ohio state six and O say they missed the Michigan state game, they beat Michigan convincingly. Then they, they play Wisconsin in a second place game. They win convincingly. Six and zero Ohio State with who they are. Is that a good resume for the playoff committee, or would they be some degree of hurt by not having that Big Ten championship? Uh, I don't know that it's. I don't think it's not having the Big Ten championship that's a problem at that point. But if you want to, if you take it to the next logical step, if Northwestern plays all of its games 
So, so wait, wait, wait. I don't want to talk about Northwestern yet. Okay. I want to talk about Ohio State. Let's pretend Northwestern loses to Indiana. Okay. I want to talk Ohio State in the in the world. Ohio State against Bama and Clemson and Notre Dame and Texas A and M and Florida and USC and and everybody out in and Oklahoma but, and Texas. Right. But, but the point I, I I'm agreeing with your point though, which is that the bigger issue right now for Ohio State is um is showing its worthiness regardless of however it's showing kind of that x factor in a way um it's the x factor that in some ways contributed to them being four instead of three i think in this past week and i i that's i think still the, the i mean right now i think your bigger concern is we don't know how many people are missing for that michigan game we don't know how many people are missing for the Michigan State game if they can play it. I mean, at some point, is even as talented as Ohio State is, when you start pulling starters off the field at too many other places, you start to fall down to a more average Big Ten level. Like, let's be honest. Like, if, if Michigan has pretty much com- its complete team and you've taken – and I'm just throwing a number out there. because I. But if you're taking a handful of starters off the field for Ohio State and still trying to play that game – that's your bigger problem. I think if you lose that game, I know that they just gave Clemson some credit, but Clemson also went on the road and lost in double overtime to a team that was also considered playoff worthy. So that's the first big obstacle in front of Ohio state is just winning the games. It still has to play without the players. It's going to have potentially out, which is a worthy discussion, which is a completely different discussion than they didn't make the big 10 championship. Cause yeah, of I don't the think rule. The, I don't think the big 10 championship. I mean, the, I, 2016 Ohio state made the, Right. Playoffs without making the Big Ten Championship. This the Big Ten Championship is not an obstacle, I don't think. I don't think it is either. The the committee because because the real issue is six and Ohio State, who got who the only the only team that beat the only thing that beat them was the virus. But they're six and zero, and they don't get in because you put in Oklahoma, two loss Oklahoma Big Twelve champ instead, or you put in a second ACC, a second you put in two. I, I saw somebody tweet like. Again, this is the national people. Be dumber. Be dumber. Be dumber, national football writers. For real. God, you're so flippant and dumb and hot takey. God, you're stupid. Think for more than five seconds, but it's like, I saw somebody tweet. It was like, oh, you know, Oregon lost. Oregon lost to Oregon State. People thought Oregon was the best team in the Pac-12. So, like, they're out. And then it's like, Ohio State has this game canceled. And somebody was like, did some jack. By the way. Could you be a grown man? Could you be a man in your 40s and use more GIFs? Seriously? You just go on Twitter and you just look for every Ooh, should I use the Jack Nicholson rubbing his hands together GIF? Or should I use a Andre 3000 GIF? Or should I use a, a Homer Simpson GIF? I get it. You're 40. Get over yourself on Twitter. I don't, I, I don't think that's the issue. I, like the idea of like, well, they can't be in the Big Ten championship game. So like now it's two ACC and it's two SEC. It's just stupid to me. Be less stupid. But here's – now this is a different issue. Northwestern's 9-0 and and the Big Ten champ. Northwestern goes to the Big Ten championship game, beats Indiana. Or people talk about Maryland's like, I get, I get it. I mean, again, by the way, the Big Ten also wants to live in the world. And if the Big Ten is staring down, you know what I mean? Like staring down a Maryland, say Northwestern has an outbreak and misses three more games. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, well, we made a rule. And so it's Maryland and Iowa and the Big Ten. I mean, like, also that's the other thing you have to realize in this is like all these things are happening to Ohio State. They're going to keep happening to other people. And at some point, as they keep happening, people are going to change. They're going to change the rules. They're going to push the playoff back. They're going to change. People are going to fill in games like. Uh, you, you can't assume that's going to happen, but also don't assume it's not going to happen. So you don't want to live in this little box of the current rules that like this box is staying the same shape while Ohio state season blows up. And that's all that happens. Ohio state misses three games. Everything else is kind of normal. What's the situation there? It's like, well, that's not going to be the situation. Everything's going to be screwed up. Northwestern at nine and O versus Ohio state and six and O is a discussion for sure. Nathan, right? Like if the committee's sitting there, Northwestern goes and beats Indiana. So how does, how does Northwestern beat Indiana? What if Northwestern beats Indiana more convincingly than Ohio state did, but Ohio state goes and beats Wisconsin, the team that Northwestern beat. How does Ohio state beat Wisconsin? Maybe it's more convincingly than Northwestern did. It's certainly a discussion, but, but let's examine that. Cause that I think is like what, you know, the nightmare scenario, you know, for Ohio state fans is like, Oh, what are you gonna do there? How do you think that discussion might go in the committee room if, if that's the reality? 
I mean, when you start talking about having played, you know, half again as many games, like an additional three games, um, I, that is, I think, when you're comparing two teams head-to-head within the conference. Again, I think the bigger issue there is it becomes almost completely subjective. I know it's subjective anyway, but, like, with the Ohio State argument there is it's going to depend on how much, I guess, respect they're giving Wisconsin at that point and Indiana because those are going to be the wins that this whole thing is going to be based on it's going to be a no championship season where your wins are against two teams that at that stage under the scenario you're talking about where Indiana would be losing to Northwestern again Wisconsin will have then again lost to Ohio State when it comes down to selection Sunday where are Wisconsin Indiana going to be ranked are they going to be like outside the top 20 so now you've got are they even you know would Wisconsin even be in the top 25 at that point so that's your 6-0 and record it's going to be not that impressive but you're comparing it to North. I want you to compare it to Northwestern. You would take nine and zero Northwestern. I don't know if I would, but I think there's an argument to be made. But what would you do? I think there's a lot of X factors that we don't know yet. We don't. I take Ohio State. Ohio State's better. Who doesn't think Ohio State's better than Northwestern? Listen, they might not get to prove it. So, but the so if Ohio State misses games against Maryland, Illinois, and Michigan State, were they going to lose any of those games? I mean, really, are they going to lose those games? So they missed those games, and it's like, why didn't Ohio State make the playoff? Well, they didn't get to play Maryland, Illinois, Michigan State. We just couldn't get a read on them. They're, I think they're in. Like, like, it's in this world, in the eye test world, in the subjective world. And I get it. Northwestern but- can hang a banner and complain for the next 100 years. Who's better? This is what Who's I'm better? saying. Like, is is the eye? Have they really proven the eye test? And will they be able to further the eye test with have whatever games North they Western? have? Necessary? Northwestern wins every game by a point. Who's better? Oh, I think Ohio State's better than okay. Northwestern. Well, other people who watch football also think that. That's why I just think I just uh, if I oh, were a committee, if I were but, a committee member, I would not want to go to sleep at night in a pandemic and say, "Well, the only." Reason. Why'd you keep that team out? They're awesome. The only reason we kept them out is because they had three games they couldn't play. Why else? Well, sometimes, you know, the Indiana game. But did you really think in your heart and with your eyeballs, did you think they were one of the four best teams? Yes, I did. Did you put them in? No. Why? Because they didn't, they couldn't play against Maryland and they couldn't play against Illinois. So I couldn't put them in. In a pandemic, that's why you kept them out. They were like the preseason favorite. Just have you seen Justin Fields play? You put in Northwestern so Northwestern can go and lose by 50 to Alabama? Really? You put Northwestern in? Yeah, because they didn't so play Illinois. So I actually don't know that Northwestern is the example that causes them the most problems. What's I think, the example? Indiana beats Northwestern? No, I think Florida beats Alabama. No, but, causes them but, problems. Keep, but keep, but this is my, but this is my, stay in my box, brother. I'm asking you about, I already, we already did the other one. The, so you don't, you, I'm asking Big Ten because that's a separate issue. So you agree Big Ten they're in ahead of Northwestern at 9-0. It's no. a discussion, but you think Ohio State's I'm, in. I don't know that. Again, I want to see how these how these games play out. I think you're probably right, I, but who knows? So, I mean, so, I mean, if you're going down, if Florida beats Alabama and Clemson beats Notre Dame and they all have one loss and you have 6-0 Ohio State without a championship and only played six games. I get that. I get yeah. that. And in, in your, because then how much are you holding it against Florida that they played, that they did lose a game, but they played Texas A&M, which is another team that's in playoff contention, according to the rankings that they released last week, um, is, is the Ohio State resume at that point after Florida beats Alabama, is the Ohio State resume really even better than Texas A&M? But, but let, let, let me ask you this, though. And there is no, I invented resume voting. I didn't invent it, but I'd like the first pollster to apply it and get ripped for it. And then, by the way, the College Football Committee decided to do its voting how I voted in the AP poll for 10 years, and people called me an idiot on on social media. So there's no bigger backer of resume voting than me. I'm throwing it out because, again, the the games that Ohio State's going to miss, if they miss Michigan State as well, which is they have to miss Michigan State to create this, it's Maryland, Illinois, and Michigan State. They're not missing a game against Texas A&M. They're not missing the Indiana game or the Wisconsin game or the Northwestern game or – even if you thought the Penn State game was good. They're missing games against three crappy teams that they would have won. And if Ohio, if Ohio State's undefeated and they beat everybody on their schedule and they have Justin Fields, I want them in the playoff. I think, I and think, I get I it. I think you now, may be right. 
I, I think you may be right. And I think it, I think, but what I was saying before though, was that again, the committee said that one of their criteria or one of the reasons why they, why Ohio State was fourth was the record of the opponents that they played so far. And that's why I think that it, it, the best thing for Ohio State would probably be if this plays out as we think it might, the way you're talking about the six and zero Ohio State, if that comes with Indiana beating Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game, that probably beating plays. Northwestern. Beating Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game, that plays into Ohio State's favor, I think. But also, I still think they get in ahead of Northwestern. I just think, I, I just, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be one of the 13 people who looks back and says, who do you think the best team in the country was? That? He's like, I really think Ohio State might have been the best team in the country. Huh. Why didn't you put them in? Because a couple guys got coronavirus and they couldn't play Illinois, who they were favored to beat by 30 points. I just don't – I just think I just think the old way of thinking, any way that you looked at the committee before – and by the way, the committee does whatever it wants. The committee does whatever it wants, and it changes its mind when the chips are down, as we talked about in a previous podcast. It can vote however it wants leading up to it, and then on Selection Sunday, you have to leave out undefeated yeah. Ohio State because they got coronavirus. And we said before, the Big Ten planned to play eight. Listen, I said before that the, the Pac-12 was only planning to play six, right? I mean, they did. They got their stuff together and got it in order. And then they had stuff happen, just like stuff happened around the country. And by the way, Oregon's out. USC has barely beaten. They're, th- they're the only undefeated team left in the Pac-12, and they have like two wins by four points or fewer. So Notre Dame beat North Carolina on Saturday. So further enhancing their oh, chances no, of getting into the ACC championship game undefeated. The complicating factor is if Florida beats Alabama and you have Florida, Alabama and Florida beats Alabama, Clemson beats Notre Dame. And you have those four teams who all played a lot more games and they all went one in. Well, Alabama didn't play Florida before, but Florida beat Georgia and Georgia, but they all have one loss. And now you have Ohio state at six. No, I think that's the one that might keep them out. Anything short of that. I think they're in. So I just, but I don't, I just don't want Ohio state fans to obsess about the wrong thing because you follow a national sports writer on Twitter who was like, I have this Al Pacino gif. And it's like, here's my, here's my tweet. Hey, uh, Ohio state, here's your playoff chances. Now whoa. Hey, great job. National sports writer. You've got the pulse of social media, man. I couldn't believe it. Did you have a, what do you have? You have like a, a GIF from a family guy. You got Peter. Hey, Ohio State's not going to How That's hilarious. Hilarious insight that you spent 14 seconds thinking about. So I just, just don't get obsessed about the wrong thing. And by the way, like it's not the last crazy thing that's going to happen. It is not the last crazy thing that's going to happen. Quick break. We'll wrap up on Buckeye Talk after this. All right, last few things here on Buckeye Talk, Doug Lemarese and Nathan Baird. So Larry Johnson was going to be the interim head coach, the acting head coach, with Ryan Day out. Ryan Day, as Nathan said, will also be out for the Michigan State game because he's out for at least 10 days. And so Larry Johnson would be the head coach there. What did you think of that news, Nathan? And what kind of effect do you think it would have had on Ohio State? Or if they play against Michigan State, will have on Ohio State to play a game without Ryan Day? I mean, we had talked about that a few weeks ago on the pod when uh, when Jeff Brom tested positive for COVID. Our, we had like a little discussion about like who would get that spot. And I was the one who had said, like, I don't think it would go to a coordinator. I think it would probably go to someone else because then you can keep your coordinators intact, especially in this case. You know, Kevin Wilson, who was already involved somewhat with calling plays. Now he gets to keep calling plays, even though he has a lot of head coaching experience. I think it makes sense to let him concentrate on that. And you keep your coordinators intact on the other side of the ball, too. Those two guys kind of working in tandem. And then now everything gets to flow through Larry Johnson, who doesn't have to call either half of things. He gets to kind of oversee the structure of things. He gets to oversee the practice structure, scheduling things. He gets to oversee um talking to lamos like us he gets to do all of those things and be almost the figurehead and not have to worry about the and he's also happens to coach a position group that's playing pretty well across the board i don't know if that factors in here too either but i like because I, I had speculated maybe somebody like tony alford would make sense for kind of the same reasons like you don't pick a coordinator let it flow through somebody else so um i thought it was a smart pick you're, you're getting an experienced guy somebody who i think would have a level head at a time when there's probably great chaos and great confusion and great emotion and great frustration and anger and whatever else can fear within the program right now. So I think he w- makes a lot of sense as the guy that they would pick. And there's a lot of this that 
most of what a game day coach does on Saturday is based on sort of his philosophy that he develops before Saturday. So even in the moment, even in when you use your timeouts or when you go for it on fourth down, those are decisions you do make on Saturday, but they're not decisions you come up with on Saturday. So Ryan Day and all the coaching staff, whether it's, you know, no matter who it would be, it's like, hey, you know, when do we go for it on fourth? Well, if it's in anything inside the 30-yard line, as long as it's less than fourth and eight, you know, or, or how do we use timeouts? Well, if they're, you're going to go through all that kind of stuff. So it's about the culture you set. It's like, you know, so it's not to take away from game day coaching because you've seen coaches screw up game day. But I think you're right. The play calling on both sides will not be affected. Kevin Wilson's been a play caller and a head coach for a million years. So that guy, that guy can call a game and he's just making the final decisions that are Ryan day. And then Kerry Combs doesn't have to worry about it. So I think it's good. I think it's good for Larry Johnson. And I think it would be fine with all this stuff, you know, that it's, it's like, we go back when Ryan day was in charge for urban Myers, like you're in charge, but you know, if Ryan day would have punted from the 31 yard line on fourth and three and been like, well, you know, I just think like then when he would have come back on Monday and urban would be like, what are you, freaking doing man that's not what we do so you've still got to do what the head coach wants to do so i just don't think it's i I just don't think it's that much of an impact in that in terms of that kind of stuff no i and i think ryan day gets to have communication with the team with his other coaches i mean throughout the week they just you can't communicate on game day you can't communicate with them down on the field at least they say you're not supposed to be and i assume i don't know if they're doing like from the departed the like text messages in the pocket or whatever but like you're not supposed to be talking with them on the phone or whatever during a game but like other than that i think there's going to be pretty broad communication now again right now though things are shut down so it's not like they're game planning for this next game yet anyway departed's a good movie it's that's it's a it's a really good movie I want to talk about it, but I don't want to ruin it for anybody who listens. So can we do this? Can There's, we just have everybody who listens to the podcast? Go, if you haven't seen The Departed, go watch it so then we can talk about it on a future podcast. Because it's really yeah, good. Would be, yeah. We should just like, we should start like picking just like, um, especially in the off season. If we just had like a little 10 minute movie hit, I think people would like it. Yeah. The hey. Departed. I love The Departed. There's, It's one of the more quotable movies of the past, like 10, 15 years, however long it's been since it came that. Very well done. Very well done. So you drove to Illinois. Steven drove mm-hmm. to Illinois. Yeah. I did not drive to Illinois. What was it like driving? Stuff was happening this afternoon. You were pulling over on the side of the road. Like, are you, you're from Illinois. Are you angry to be in Illinois right now for a game that's not going to be played? What was it like getting over there? When are you coming back? Or was this, do you just, I mean, it's a pandemic. What are you going to do? And was this a nice little bonus for Nathan Baird to get to go back to your homeland for kind of no reason? Oh, I I would not use the word bonus. So I had originally, (laughs) so I'm from Vermilion County, Illinois, which is the county east, one east of here. It's, It's basically Champaign. And then the Indiana border and Vermilion County is in between. I'm from Southern Vermilion County. Um, and I had originally planned, I thought this was, it was lining up perfectly, right? Like it's Thanksgiving weekend. I'll just come home. I'll come home earlier in the week and spend a few days with my family, have Thanksgiving here. My wife will come. We'll hang out with the puppy and the, the my parents and we'll have a few days here and we'd all go back on Sunday. And then last week, I mean, my dad just turned 82. My mom's in her seventies. And we just said, it's, it's not worth it especially if i'm going to be like going to a game going up in a press box mingling with a bunch of other fatsos and then going back to their place like that's just not it's it's a recipe for disaster so we had called off that side of things so i didn't end up coming until today and but then when we saw what ohio state's travel plan was i didn't feel like what what choice do i have like i gotta go ahead and go i'm not gonna get up tomorrow morning and drive and and turn right around and come back or whatever so plan was to drive today get up in the morning go cover the game just drive all the way back to columbus tomorrow night and yeah, it was about, I got started later than expected today. So it was probably like, what, around four-ish that stuff started yeah. getting bad. 345 and or so. So yeah, I pull, I was talking to people on the, I had some sources I talked to. I pulled over into a McDonald's parking lot somewhere west of Richmond, Indiana, and started talking to you and my boss. And that's how we were, you know, reporting on Ryan Day and those developments. Um, then got back on the road and got over here to Champaign. Um, not that long before 
because I had to make a stop in Indianapolis for other things and uh, my old home, my other old homestead, and then uh, got here probably about an hour before everything fell apart. Cool. So fun times. I'm going to get up in the morning and I think I am going to actually, now that I've got tomorrow, I, I guess I'm maybe just going to go drive and park in my parents' driveway and say hi and talk to them for a little bit. We talked to them on Zoom the other day, though I had to get up and leave that call to go take a call from a source. So like uh, it hasn't been much of a Thanksgiving really this week as far as like family time, but I'm probably going to go chat with them a little bit tomorrow and then I'll be back in Columbus uh, sometime early tomorrow evening, I hope. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy times. We will keep you guys updated on Saturday if there's more things, if there's any more information about if Ohio State – see, the, so Ohio State did not release its availability report on Friday morning at 10 a.m. as they normally do, which they do not specify what is going on with the player, but they just say who's not going to play. So we would have looked at, you know, there's been players who have been sort of on the availability report, which means a lack of availability every week, which is some unspecified injury that they have. So we would have noted who's new and we would not have been able to report definitively, but we would have been able to tell you, okay, here's whatever number of these number of guys are new to the report. They weren't on last week and now they can't play this week. Well, so especially because it's a, and especially because it's a road game, it's hard to speculate further than that because even if you're just injured, even if you just have a, a, a ingrown toenail or whatever, you don't travel usually. Right. So it, then, it could have been a legitimate injury was the reason they weren't there. And Nathan would have been counting people on the sideline as soon as they came out for warmups who's there. But they held off on that. And one of the reasons they held off was because they thought, well, whatever we release on Friday might change before the game on Saturday because we might have more positive tests. So we'll just release it on Saturday at 10 a.m two hours before kickoff. I am assuming they are not now going to release the availability report since they're not having a game. I'm not so expecting one. We're not going to know, but if somehow we learn things or if we somehow talk to Gene Smith or Ryan day, we certainly will have stories at cleveland.com slash OSU. We will immediately text it out to our tech subscribers. Again, free trial, just sign up for the free trial and get the text for the next two weeks. Just whilst crazy stuff is happening and then bail. That's fine. We don't care. 614-350-3315. And if it rises to the level of information that we need to talk about, we'll do another podcast on Saturday. And if it doesn't, if there's not new information, then we will spend another chunk of this. We'll see how the weekend plays out, what other teams do on our Monday Madness podcast. We will go back over again where things stand with Ohio State, how they are relating to other teams that they're fighting for position with in the playoff race and that kind of thing. So this is not great. I just I, I would I would advise you to try to focus on the things that that are the real issues and and primarily they are will they be able to play against Michigan State and when they do get back on the field who's going to be there and who's not and how will that affect their performance but I also think and let's end with this Nathan we don't know anything the playoff so far has not said they're moving any games or anything again I I just would not be surprised if some stuff moves around. And I would not I would not be surprised if if the bigger schedule that at the moment we think is kind of intractable moves because I don't think this is it. And all of a sudden you have you're not going to move it only for Ohio State. But again, I don't know what next week's going to look like. And we don't know what the week after that's going to look like. And for all the wiggle room that school that conferences like the SEC did build in, they're now out of it for yeah, the most part. They're out say, of that yeah. wiggle room. Yeah, no, you got to remember, this isn't just a Big Ten problem. This isn't just a Midwest problem. It's like like you say, all these other schools that look like they were smarter now, I mean, they're still canceling games and postponing games, and we're still – we've run out of they, – they don't have any room left. Like, they've, they've hit the wall that the Big Ten had already built. So, I think you're right. I think if it becomes an issue where you've got multiple teams, significant teams will probably be part of the factor, as you were saying before – um, stature of the team could be an issue, but, but that's what it would involve, right? You'd have to first move the playoff back, and then that would give the conferences some kind of flexibility to add some sort of weeks, I guess, their schedule. I don't know, but I mean, we've, we've seen no indication yet that they're thinking about that. Conference championship weekend is December 19th, that Saturday, but maybe, I don't know. I mean, people have said, what if you made conference championship weekend New Year's Day? And you gave that to people. People go crazy for that. Like, that'd be great. Then you move the playoff back to February. You know, there's just, you think things are set, 
but you're trying to play sports in a pandemic and you just, you have to go with the reality. And the reality is it's, it's pretty bad right now. And lots of teams are being affected. Again, I think it's at least, it's at least 17 games for this weekend postponed or canceled. And at some point you have to make a decision of, do we just go with what we got? Everybody did their best, whether you played five games, whether you played eight, whatever, we're just going to judge on what we judge you and we're sticking to everything. Or do you say, man, we just, we got to wait. We just get, this is too much to try to, it's too imbalanced. It's too crazy. It's too, it's too hot right now. The virus is too hot. We got to just take a step back. And I'm just, I'm not saying we know what's going to happen, but I just would be prepared for every, anything. And just do not assume that this is terrible news for Ohio state, but that like everybody else is going to be okay. I just think you have to be prepared for other schools to get hit. Unfortunately, I hope, I hope not another, not another single college football player gets this. I hope another, not one more game is canceled, but I just don't think you can live that way. I agree. I'm ready to go to sleep. Nathan's going to go to bed. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon. We appreciate you listening. Not fun to talk about, but who knows what the future holds. And we appreciate you uh, leaning on Buckeye talk during times like this. So for Nathan Baird, Stephen means will be back soon. Uh, this is Doug Maurice. No Ohio state, Illinois game on Saturday. We'll talk to you soon. And that was Buckeye talk.